This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Mets reporter, Anthony DeComo. First podcast of 2017. Anthony, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tim. It's, uh, it's great to be back. New Year means we're, we're getting close to spring training, right? Or at least closer. And that's always a, uh, a good time. Yeah, you have to start thinking about packing pretty soon uh, for the, the trip down to Florida and Port St. Lucie. Let's start, though, with the New Year's theme um, and talk New Year's resolutions. If the Mets are going to have a successful 2017, what is a New Year's resolution they need to make? Uh, something they need to commit to here in the upcoming season? Well, this is something that they've talked about uh, and have done to a certain extent in past years, but I, I really think they need to be more aggressive this year uh, in, in resting their guys regularly. And that means the pitchers. Um, I think they need to start from the very beginning of the season and make sure that. Jacob DeGrom and Matt Harvey and uh, all these other guys, even Noah Syndergaard, who is the workhorse of the staff, they need to make sure that these guys are, are not being overworked, uh, whether that means using six-man rotations more often, more aggressively, whether that means skipping guys when they need to and going six, seven deep on that starting pitching depth chart. Um, and then on the offensive side, it means resting. as Dribble Cabrera, even when he's going well. It means obviously resting David Wright, uh, giving Neil Walker, some more time off. These are a lot of guys on this team uh, with injury histories now, and to be successful, the Mets are going to need each and every one of them to be healthy. Uh, it's something they've struggled with greatly in years past, and again, they have tried to rest these guys, but, but I don't think they've been quite aggressive enough in doing it, and to be successful, uh, you need 100% of all of these guys uh, as often as possible, not 80, 70% of these guys, uh, you know, every day when you're trying to run them out there and they might not be at their best. That also uh, makes sense for the bullpen as well, I think, right? Because in, in the past, I know uh, just a year ago, early in the season, there was a lot of talk about the fact that Jerry's Familia was really getting a lot of work and, and not necessarily in games where he was needed. And then maybe that caught up with him late in the year, although it didn't seem to really catch up with him late because he was pretty good all year long. But eventually those innings that aren't necessary can certainly catch up with a closer. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you already have visions, uh, you know, Familia is suspended to begin the year. You have visions of Addison Reed, who pitched a lot of innings last year, um, getting overused and even abused to a certain extent uh, in April as the closer. So these are the types of things, absolutely, that you want to avoid because um, you need these guys fresh uh, for October. This isn't a team that's, that's a six-month team right now. This is a team that wants to play into October, maybe even into November. So uh, really up and down the roster, uh, throughout the roster, the Mets have created a lot of depth for themselves, which is good, which is by design. Uh, they need to use it now. They need to tap into it, and they need to make sure that their key guys, their core guys, stay healthy all year long. You mentioned the depth, and, and you have a – 
I know in your mailbag this week, I was catching up on the inbox for Anthony Tacoma on MLB.unmets.com. And an interesting question about Jose Reyes and where he fits in if David Wright is healthy. And that speaks to the depth that you're talking about, the fact that when they got Jose Reyes last year, it was to fill a need. But if David Wright is healthy at third base, then that need changes a little bit. And, and Jose Reyes doesn't necessarily have a set spot in the field to play every day. But he's a guy that I know Terry Collins wants at the top of that lineup every day. So does Jose Reyes become kind of that super utility guy? Is he going to play all over the field for the Mets? Yeah, I'll use that buzzword again, versatility. Uh, that's the key, uh, especially for a guy like Jose Reyes. And, you know, maybe David Wright gets hurt again and Jose Reyes plays 100-plus games at third base. Uh, that's certainly realistic. But if you assume that David Wright is healthy and the Mets are sure hoping he will be, um, then you need to find a spot for Reyes because he's your leadoff hitter. Uh, you want him starting off the game for you more often than not. Um, and if he's only playing a couple days a week at third base, that's just not going to cut it. So where do you where do you fill him in? Uh, you know, a day a week for his dribble Cabrera at shortstop would help. Uh, maybe we see Jose Reyes at second base, or maybe we see his dribble slide over to second base and Jose Reyes play a couple of times per week at shortstop. Uh, you know, the wild card here, the interesting idea is Jose Reyes in the outfield. Uh, it could happen. The Mets are talking seriously about using him out there in, in spring training and center field and seeing how uh, how he does. Uh, and, you know, if he's successful, they're even moderately successful. It just gives the Mets another avenue to say, look, this is a way that we can get Jose Reyes in our lineup, leading off games, being that spark at the top of the lineup that we know he can be. Um, if you look up and down the rest of the lineup or the rest of the roster, uh, there aren't a lot of obvious candidates to lead off games for the Mets. Uh, Curtis Granderson has done it, uh, but it, you know Terry Collins has talked often about he prefers Granderson lower down in the lineup. I think Granderson prefers being lower down in the lineup for the most part. So uh, you want Reyes in there, and uh, it's about versatility for him. It's about versatility for a lot of these guys. If Drupal Cabrera uh, you know, is willing to play second base, that helps. Uh, if Michael Conforto is willing to play first base, or at least try out there, uh, that helps. Uh, you can say it about a lot of the guys on this roster. Uh, I think it's a key for a Mets team uh, that, again, is very deep in, in their bench, in their bullpen now, uh, in their rotation, certainly. How do you use that depth? How do you turn it from uh, you know, a traditional bench where you have your eight starters and these guys fill in to uh, maybe more of a mix-and-match thing where everyone's involved and everyone's contributing? About six weeks to go until spring training, until at least pitchers and catchers get going down in Port St. Lucie. Uh, so still time to, to get some things done as far as the hot stove season goes. So as we get into the new year, Anthony, I'd love to hear a bold prediction for the rest of the offseason when it comes to the New York Mets. Not necessarily something that you think will happen, but, but something that maybe could happen and would really be a big story for the Mets, a bold prediction for the rest of the offseason. Well, I, the biggest name that, that's going to be moved, and, and uh, maybe it's not as, as, that bold, but Jay Bruce will be traded. Um, I, I've been saying that since uh, really the day that Cespedes signed. Um, uh, it hasn't happened yet. I think there's some thought that maybe it won't happen because we are getting into mid-January now and uh, things are, have been pretty slow across baseball on the hot still front. Uh, but make no mistake, the Mets are working on this thing. Uh, they don't have room for Jay Bruce. They want to clear that salary. Uh, they want to uh, really just uh, finalize their outfield in that sense, and they need to trade Jay Bruce. They will trade Jay Bruce. I think the return is, is the bold part, and uh, you know there is 
some thought that maybe this ultimately just turns into a salary dump type trade? Uh, I'll say no. Uh, you know, I think Sandy Ellis has kind of earned the benefit of the doubt on these trades where uh, he gets more than people think he's going to get in a lot of times. Uh, I don't think this is going to wind up just being a salary dump. You get a couple of C-level prospects for Jay Bruce. No, I think you're going to get an impact big league reliever uh, or an impact prospect. It's going to be one of the two, I think, uh, some team will wake up this month and say, hey, look, this is a 30-home run bat that's just out there. It uh, doesn't cost all that much. And at, at that point, you will see Jay Bruce move away from the Mets. And that fits right into when you look at needs still to be done for the Mets. Uh, relief help is, at this point, kind of the big thing, right? This team still needs some help in that bullpen. Absolutely. And, and they've been waiting, uh, really, for this Jay Bruce domino to fall all offseason. Um, and granted, the relief market doesn't always shake out completely until this time of year, but we're in January now, and this is when uh, these B-level, C-level relievers that the Mets are looking at do sign. So, uh, you know, the Mets have been waiting to trade Jay Bruce, clear that salary, see how much they have to work with with their payroll, and then sign a reliever or two. Uh, maybe they can't wait much longer. Uh, maybe they have to sign a reliever before trading Jay Bruce, but, but I do think Sooner rather than later, uh, you are going to see Bruce go. You're going to get that money off the books, and then you're going to look up and you're going to finish your offseason by saying, okay, let's sign this guy, let's sign this guy, done. Let's go to spring training and uh, have a good season. And that would certainly be a successful offseason for this Mets team. Of course, goal number one was to bring back Ioannis Cespedes, and, and they managed to do that. So everything else is gravy to a degree. Uh, my question is, when you look at what the Mets have done this offseason, which is at least, I think, stay as good as they were a year ago with Cespedes uh, back in the fold, and you hope to be healthier on the pitching staff. You look at what the Nationals have done this offseason. Sure, they brought in Adam Eaton, but at the cost of some pitching depth, and they haven't filled the hole in the back of their bullpen. Can you make an argument right here in, in early January that maybe heading into spring training as the rosters sit right now, the Mets are the favorites again in the NL East, or do you still give that nod to the Nationals? You can make that argument, Tim. <laughs> I, I think you know the Nationals are reigning division champions. Uh, they've got a pitching staff that's one of the few in the league that can rival the Mets. Uh, they've got a lineup that on paper I would say is better than the Mets. Um, they have questions in their bullpen, uh, but so do the Mets. So, uh, you know, until proven otherwise, I think the Nationals have kind of earned that right to be considered the division favorites. Um, beyond that, I, I think what's interesting, what's happening in the NL East is, you know, you've got a division that last year uh, was a bad division. Uh, you had a couple of teams in the Braves and Phillies that – uh, were in full-on rebuilding mode. Um, you had a Marlins team that was disappointing. Uh, was a lot of people's preseason, um, you know, pick to click, but didn't really happen that way. Uh, I think across the board, pretty much every team has gotten stronger. Um, the Nationals have at least held course with what they're doing. Uh, the Mets are kind of have the same team that they had in 2016, um, and the Marlins obviously lost. Jose Fernandez, on unfortunate circumstances, but um, you know, are, are trying to improve themselves in other areas. Phillies have gotten better. Braves have gotten better. So the road is going to be tougher for the Mets in the NL East this season. And, and they did a lot of what they did last season by beating up on the Phillies, by beating up on the Braves, by beating up on some of the bad teams around the league, which is what good teams do. But that's going to be more difficult to do this year, especially in the NL East. And uh, the Mets are going to have to uh, really up their game if they want to compete with the Nationals because that, that team down in Washington does look pretty good on paper, and I, I would say is still the, the favorite in the NL East. 
Yeah, no longer really a division of the haves and the have-nots. Certainly a little more parity heading into 2017. And that makes for more fun season. And certainly things get more interesting when you talk about the wild card late in the season. It'll be a lot of fun. That's going to do it for this edition of MLB.com Extras, our Mets edition. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.